The story of Noah and the Ark is not a kid's story. As much as that's probably most often the way that it's portrayed, Noah builds this ark with his hammer and nails and the fuzzy little animals scurry on board to get away from the flood. And then this pretty little rainbow comes out when it's all over. And it's a wonderful story that we can tell to kids to teach them about the Bible. But when we hear the story as it's actually written in scripture, it's not a kid's story. The world has gone rank. It's gone from bad to worse, from Adam and Eve to Noah. First, God kicks them out of the garden because they disobeyed him. And then Cain kills Abel. And now the whole world is in disarray and sinful and rejecting God. God is angry. His creation that he made to be in communion and in love with him has completely and utterly rejected him. And so he promises a flood. Why? He wants a do-over. God wants to do it again. You don't want to live in what I have created for you and the reason that I created you to be in communion and in love with me, then I'm starting over. He wants to recreate the world. And so he does that by violence, right? A flood that covers the earth, that only a few are saved in order to begin this new creation that God will make. But then what is his promise at the end? What does he promise Noah, this covenant that he makes with Noah, after this is all said and done? That he will never recreate, he will never purify the world again by violence. He doesn't say, I will never recreate the world again, but I will never do it again by violence. So then, short salvation history lesson. What does God do to try to purify and recreate his people throughout history? Well, he gives them the Ten Commandments. And then he exiles them into the desert so that 40 years in the desert might shape them up. Get them to see how important faithfulness to God is. Doesn't work. Then judges are appointed over them. So if you're not going to listen and follow the Ten to the Ten Commandments, then judges will be there to ensure that you are following the law. Doesn't work. Okay, I will give you one righteous king to rule over you because you think this is what you need. This king will be the one that will protect my covenant and my law and all will be good. Doesn't work. Okay, so I will exile you out of the promised land that I gave you take away what I gave you, go away for a while, and maybe you can appreciate what you have with me, doesn't work. Over and over again, God is trying to recreate his people, to recreate us, to bring us back to that original innocence of Adam and Eve. He didn't kick Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden because he never wanted to see them again. He wanted to bring them back to what they had lost in their disobedience. God is trying to recreate. Then it's in Peter's letter that we have today where he's putting the pieces together for us. What is he pointing to? He says, look, Noah and the flood, and then 40 days of rain before the flood ends, and then what? Reconciliation with God. Moses and the people in the desert pass through the Red Sea, and then 40 years in the desert, and then they reach the promised land. And now look, Jesus, 
baptized in the River Jordan, 40 days in the wilderness, and the new covenant is given. What we have today in our readings that is kind of laid out for us to reflect on at the beginning of Lent is, look, you have Noah and the ark, this promise of God's protection, this presence of God for them. They enter the flood. A dove signals the covenant has been made. And what does God do? He sets his bow down. Now, when we think, we think rainbow, and it is. But what does it symbolize? It's the bow of war, bow and arrow. God promises never to purify by violence again. The instrument of war becomes the sign of peace. And on the other side, now what do we have as Christians? We have Jesus, the presence of God in our midst, who goes into the waters of the Jordan and is baptized. And the dove descends from the heavens to say this is the covenant that God is making with humanity. And then the cross, this instrument of torture that becomes the sign of salvation. God is mirroring his work to show us this is what I intend. This is what I want for you. In baptism, at the baptism, the priest says right after the baptism when the child or the person is clothed in the white garment, you have become a new creation in Christ. That's the end goal. Okay, now all that was the preamble for my actual point of my homily. This is everything that we need to have in the background of the way that God is working for what? To recreate us. Yes, in baptism, we have become a new creation in Christ. Problem? Just like the Israelites of old, every time we sin, it's turning away from that gift that God has given. So what is the means? How is God trying to continually recreate us, purify us, to bring us back to that original innocence that he desires for us. St. Peter tells us today. He says, where is it? Baptism, which this prefigured, the flood prefigured, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience. God promises never to recreate by violence again, what he continually leads through salvation history to where we are today is the recreation from within, from our conscience, the place where the church teaches the conscience is the place where God speaks. This is where God speaks to us and shows us how he desires to make us new, to be in relationship with him. But again, we fall back into the temptations of people throughout history. One of the things that I find often as a priest hearing confessions, most people only confess what I would call external sins. I yelled at my spouse, we got in an argument. I swore. I was jealous of this, this person or this situation. That I took something that didn't belong to me. Confess the external sin problem with that? When people become senior and elderly, and they're not out in the world as much, they're not engaged as many things, then they get to the point where they come to me, Father, Father, I don't swear. 
I, I don't think badly about other people. I mostly keep to myself and my family. And, you know, I pray. I don't have any sins to confess. It happens regularly. God is trying to recreate us. If we don't allow ourselves to be purified from within, then that's where we'll end up. The question becomes, okay, you got angry at your spouse, why? Why did you get into a conflict at that moment? Are you resentful for something that happened 20 years ago and you're still holding on to that? Why are you still holding on to it? What is your need to hold on to that resentment of what happened? Is it their fault? Is it your fault? What is it about you that needs to be recreated that makes you so in control of whatever that event was that it's still influencing and impacting your life today? That's where God wants to recreate, is at the heart, at the root of where that sin comes from. But he doesn't do it by violence. He doesn't force us to go there. He invites us to it through our examination of conscience and through the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit. In preparing for this homily, I came across a story of an art teacher. And what the story said was this art teacher was teaching his students how to draw with charcoal. And so they, would, they were drawing their picture. They finished their picture, and the, the, the art teacher said, now wipe it off and start again. So they wiped it clean, started again. And they drew the same thing over again. They finished their picture. Okay, good, now wipe it off and start again. Some students got frustrated, left. They did it again, drew. Okay, now take a white pastel and add detail. Okay, now wipe it off and start it again. More students leave. And then he says, okay, now draw it again, white pastels, now use your eraser to bring out even more detail. Okay, now rip it up. Okay, everyone who's left, now I'm ready to teach you. He needed to show them to not be attached to whatever their creation was in order to teach them how to create. This is what God needs from us. We get stuck in our own idea of how we should create, even if it's a influ influenced by a Christian way of life, until we are willing to be recreated by God from the inside out, His grace will have no effect in us. We might go to confession three times a year, every month, every week. But until we become willing for God to recreate us by His grace, it has no effect. Then we get stuck in the same pattern as the people throughout the scriptures and salvation history of God wanting to make them new and them resisting and turning away. So how does the church tell us we are called to inform our conscience so that God can create us anew? It's simple. First, the Word of God. Reading and praying and listening attentively to what the Word of God teaches us. Second, the cross. Looking at and meditating on the gift of Christ's crucifixion for us in our life of faith. Then the gift of the Holy Spirit which we received in baptism, were sealed with in confirmation, and is given to us in our lives as Christians to become enlightened 
to what God desires for us. And then finally, the church, through her teachings, through the sacraments, a sacramental way of life, and through each other, allowing ourselves to be challenged by one another in our own worldview to allow God to recreate us. Here's the way that I see that relevant now. The Word of God, we sit here and we meditate on the Word of God all through Lent and how it's calling us to repent and believe in the good news. And then we get to Good Friday and we ponder the crucifixion and the gift that that is for us in our life of faith. And then we get to Easter and we rejoice at the gift of the Holy Spirit through baptism that we receive in believing the Christian life and being a new creation. And then finally, when we come to Pentecost, the life of the church given to us today through her teachings, through the sacraments, and through what we share with one another. This whole season that we're going through from Lent to Easter to Pentecost is the way that God is trying to recreate us, to make us a new creation, to enlighten us and heal what needs to be healed in the way that we're broken from the inside out not by violence. It's an invitation. It's up to you to accept and embrace the gift that God offers through this new covenant in Jesus. So think about that in the way that whatever Lenten practice you've taken up, how does that help support this desire to be created anew by God? And then how are you going to struggle and wrestle with the temptation in your own pride to do it your way instead of God's way? How are you going to accept the invitation to be created anew from the inside?